0: This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network, August 17th. There are no phone calls being taken at this time. It's
1: become a nightmare.
2: Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town.
1: Like a cancer that's silently spread, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down.
3: We
0: must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street. Welcome to the show. I'm broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfast. Worldwide as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 5 Radio. Patriot Nation Radio Network, and anywhere else you'll see or hear the show. My name's Peter Serafine, and I'm going to be your host for this two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. At the bottom of this first hour, so 6.30 Eastern Time, if you're watching or listening live, um, retired Colonel Michael Ford, the managing editor of American Free News Network, is going to join us. He's got a couple of things that have fallen off the headlines that he'd like to talk about. And I, well, I still want to talk about Bidenomics. I can't believe that this guy in the White House wants to use economics as his campaign platform for re-election. I brought it up last week, but I didn't get very far with it. Because this is a live call-in show, and sometimes the calls pull us from one side to another. So let's start there. If you'd like to join the program, get your voice on the radio. Call in to 512-248-8252. If you got a comment, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be played on the radio, don't want to hear your voice on the radio, you can text that to me. That's 64-MY-RIGHTS. 646-974-4487. And, uh, before we get into Bidenomics, little update for those of you that do listen on a regular basis, update on some of my projects. Uh, don't forget that my third book, my newest book, A More Tyrannical King, comes out on, on uh, Constitution Day, September 17th. So you've got about 30 days to pre-order it, and I greatly appreciate it if you do. And by the way, I want out of my way to find a company that would allow me to publish it without going through kindle direct publishing which is amazon's publisher that's the easiest and fastest way to get a book on the market is to go through kdp kindle direct publishing but i don't really like amazon that much and i know a bunch of you out there don't like amazon that much so i didn't use them i went someplace else to publish my self-published book So if you buy my book from anybody except Amazon, Amazon doesn't get a penny. Of course, if you buy it from Amazon, they get their cut. But if you buy it at Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Bookshop.org, anything like that, Amazon doesn't get a penny of that money. I thought you might be interested in that. Then I've got the Liberty Lighthouse classroom that we're working on. I have the Duty of a Jury class up and ready to go. Anybody can enroll in it now. I have the Truth of America's Founding, Your Heritage, and mine up and ready to go. Anybody can enroll in that one as well. And the, uh, the the Sheriff and the Citizen is the course that I'm currently working on. I have, I believe, three of the eight lessons of that course up and ready. You can enroll and you can start watching. And if you get through those three, got to wait for me to put up the next one. So that's about 18 hours worth of courses available at liberty-lighthouse.com slash classroom. And I'd really love it if you would uh, become a lighthouse keeper. If you use code LIGHTHOUSE, that'll be $5 a month. And you can get all of those courses and all of my books and, well, anything else I might come up with between now and then. That's enough about me. Let's move on and talk about Bidenomics. President Biden... Keeps touting Bidenomics, but he does it with lies. He uh, just recently, I think it was yesterday, he said that he reduced the deficit for the debt. He he reduced the debt by $1.7 trillion. Well, that's a bold based lie. The debt hasn't rolled backwards in decades. He may have reduced the projected deficit spending, but he did not reduce the debt. Clear difference that most people don't know and won't catch when he says that lie. Now, I, I don't know, you could kind of say, you know, the unemployment numbers are pretty good right now. But how much does the president really have to do with that? The unemployment numbers were bad because, well, the government shut down businesses and told everybody to stay home. And then all of a sudden, they're allowed to go back to work. And he's trying to take credit for all of those millions of jobs. Which, of course, is a lie. Now, I've got some numbers here I'm going to go through that prove that Bidenomics is not good for you and I, the average citizen. But I would love to hear your own personal story. If you've got a Bidenomic you know, impression, your vision, what, how has it hurt you or helped you? I'm not going to... Let's just assume that there's somebody out there that's been helped by this president's economic policy. And if you're out there listening, I'd love to hear from you. 512 248 8252. So it was about a week ago, it was announced that American citizens have, uh, well, they've amassed a trillion dollars in credit card debt for the first time. Now, why would we have a trillion dollars in credit card debt if the economy was good? If we were doing great, oh, yeah, we're fine, we wouldn't be using credit cards the way that we're using credit cards. That's one thing. Another one that was really bad, and has gotten a little better, was natural gas. Now, if you don't use natural gas, you might not know this, but natural gas is sold by the thermo unit because you know it expands and contracts with the temperatures so they can't use you know cubic feet so they use this this thermo unit they shorten to a therm so a therm of natural gas in July of 2020 was a dollar77 and the therm of natural gas last month July of 2023 was $2.55. That is a 44% increase in the cost of natural gas. So if you heat your home with natural gas, like I do, that's going to hurt come winter. Now, it's not as bad as last year. Last year, 2021, a therm of natural gas in July was like $8.00. So it has come down some, but it's still a 44% increase over uh, 2020. That's a problem. That's a problem for somebody trying to run on their economic policy. It's a problem for somebody in middle America trying to heat their home with natural gas. Or a problem for most restaurants use natural gas to cook with. Speaking of restaurants, what about groceries? Groceries are something that everybody buys. And they're not used in the calculation of of, uh, inflation anymore. So, groceries could go up 800% and it wouldn't have any effect on inflation that is reported by our government. But, well, the FDA is predicting a 6.3% co- increase in the cost of, of groceries this year. 6.3%. Uh, everybody eats. That hurts everybody. Mike in Kentucky on line one. Welcome to the show.
4: I was just trying to look that up. Groceries are no longer part of the consumer price index for rent well,
0: inflation? No wonder when that happened. Uh, they anything that's volatile they take out because they don't want it to, you know, be a real indication of inflation. If you took prices from today and put them into the the uh, inflation calculator from say, I don't know, 1978, Jimmy Carter years. Jimmy Carter's inflation rate was what? 14-15% and it cost him his presidency. And it cost Americans jobs. If you took today's prices and you went back to the 1978 inflation calculator method, you'd probably be closer to 20, 25% inflation. Because every time you yeah, turn they, around.
4: climbing in the last year. Just looking at the last year, uh, eating food away from home rose 7.1%. That's in the. Uh, the numbers from, uh, well, it's presented on a Bureau of Labor Statistics for some reason from eight days ago, index for food away from home, whatever that means, 7.1% <laughs> over the last 12 months. Okay. The full index service meals rose 5.8% over the last 12 months. But yeah, if you go all the way back to 1970 or something like that, you've got, it's crazy. I mean, I uh, mean, yeah. pretty pretty good evidence that throwing all your ballast off the balloon, <laughs> meaning gold and silver. And, of course, Nixon detached uh, the dollar from gold, and then it got repriced from 35 to $50 an ounce. Of course, even in 1967, you could no longer get any silver for any of your certi- silver certificates or United States notes. But, uh, yeah, so the balloon has no ballast. <laughs> right. And uh, so the sky's the limit. Um But there was a huge amount of inflation in 1981, I think, Mm
3: -hmm. after
4: Reagan took office. And, of course, it was all blamed on uh, Carter. (laughs) But, yeah, it was really hard to get jobs in the early 80s. And uh, there was a huge jump in inflation there. Like home mortgage rates and stuff shot through the roof there for a while. So, you know, if you go back and compare, you have to be careful because some people try to compare – inflation to 1981 and when they do that there was a huge amount of inflation in 1981 so it screws up the chart right so, who's pushing the pencils what i always heard there's liars figures and figures lie
0: yeah you definitely <laughs> have to pay attention to what you're what you're comparing because it does fluctuate greatly from year to year what and, i'm uh, doing just just for the sake of argument if, of the numbers that i wrote down for this show i did 2020 to 2023 those are my comparisons because Biden is touting his economy is great. So I want to say, well, let's see what what was it the year before you became president? Yeah, <laughs> versus now.
4: Well, an executive order jerking the rug out from underneath of oil uh, established oil efforts. You know that that didn't that didn't help at all. But in the previous show, and it took me uh, quite a while to find this too. You know, and you get through into these, you know, trying to crunch the numbers. Uh, you can you just about can't trust anybody that's in the executive branch because they're under the thumb of joe biden yep and uh but the previous uh the previous show this person mentioned this mountain bike video on um, the uh Haina fires i finally found it and uh i could if i can i'll try to try to give the actual title for it because i couldn't uh it took me a while to find it i just stumbled across it if anybody wants to look at it i recommend two videos lahaina maui fires after dash bike riding on the scene uh you should be able to find it with that much but it's a longer title than that but uh anyway he's he's got like part 1 through 4 it's an it's nearly an hour and uh wow. The drone, the drone, it's an hour and two minutes. Uh, the drone footage at the end is, is pretty interesting. It says free license, granted. So I'll, I'll try to share that link over to the uh, Facebook uh, page for Republic Broadcasting. But the other video I'd recommend, if anybody wants to look at it, because um, the conditions leading up to that were just, I mean, I've lived through some dry Appalachian times where... Uh, we were really you know dried out and uh, worried about fires and a few fires did happen. but I've seen rings of fire growing up in my in the hills you know they'll they'll do that on slopes they'll make a ring around stuff but the wind was just phenomenal coming off the slopes uh, blowing into the sea. It was uh, I guess an unusual direction for them because of the hurricane, but it right. dried things dried things out for days. Uh, I went back and looked at the past weather statistics at the airport, and there were several several days going back into July where the humidity uh, every day was dropping down to like fifty one percent at nine ten o'clock in the morning, and it stayed low until you know in the wee hours four or five o'clock in the morning. And you had winds of twenty to twenty five miles an hour on every every day, just drying out all the vegetation it could dry out. And so you know, there's another video there, Lahaina Maui fires a video which shows this guy who's trying to get out, and he does get out, uh, fleeing the fires footage, and it shows just how those winds were drying everything out for, for I don't know how many hours, you know, even making water spouts on out on the ocean. This video is like 41, 41 minutes. So uh, whatever might have happened to spark it, you know, and if directed energy weapons were used or not, the conditions were really ripe for everything to go up. It's amazing that everything didn't go up. There's, there's some, just a street divides some of these uh, stores and houses from being burned down. You know, twenty five, forty feet maybe between uh, the difference there between stuff being totally burned to ashes or left untouched. It's, it is a little weird.
0: Yeah, it was almost like tornadoes where they'll, you know, level three houses, and then skip two, and then level the next one,
4: you know. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's so, like I mean, minutes. as far as proof of a directed energy weapons, eh, you know, I think it does look suspicious that there's already real estate people making people offers. It, that's just almost like an insult. Oh, yeah. They haven't even, haven't even had a chance to... to I mean, uh,
0: if you go back and look, there's, uh, if you really want to run down the conspiracy route... Um, Uh, Hawaii recently passed some law that, uh, you know, government can't ever own this land unless something catastrophic happens.
4: Oh, boy. (laughs) Now, there's already accusations that uh, the governor and some officials in Hawaii are basically handing over uh, a lot of this land to the United Nations. Yeah, well, I don't know about you, that. You know, there's all kinds of stuff flying around. I I try to look and weed out the stuff that's unprovable, stuff a lot of stuff that's unprovable. But
0: the conditions for this fire were were really prime. Well, yeah, it was definitely all set up and ready to go, and just needed a spark. And um, yeah. whether that spark was natural or man made, we may never know.
4: Yeah. Well, I've seen stuff like a hay bale catch on fire in the oh, yeah. sunshine. So you don't even need, you know, if you've got a composting uh,
0: Spontaneous it, combustion
4: biomass that's dry on the outside and the inside is composting, it'll actually catch on fire on a dry, sunny day with a little mm-hmm. bit of wind, just like blowing on a you know piece of steel wool or something, man. It'll go up. And uh, uh, there's, you know, so it, it, lightning could be another issue that I haven't see, heard hardly anybody talk about. But,
0: the only one know, i heard... I, I, huh? Yeah. The only theory I've heard repeatedly was the um, the power company leaving leaving the grid electrified, even though there were like ridiculous. Well, that's what
4: this way. guy's driving underneath the power co- lines that are so low they hit the top of his car. Uh, the um, um, the video, uh, he, and I don't know if he's even relation to Michael Herzog. It's a uh, Jonathan Herzog. The title is. Lahaina Maui fleeing the fire's footage, wildfire escape. And there's the winds before the fire even hit has blown all kinds of debris across the streets and panels blown off of buildings and the power lines and power poles are blown over. He, he has fun trying to loop around and gets detoured several times to get out of there before the fire hits. But his name is Jonathan Herzog. He's on shoot. I'll, I'll share both of those videos if anybody wants to find them at the last hour that guy referenced those videos, and he didn't give the exact titles, so it's hard to find them. (laughs) It took me an hour to find them, but anyway, I'll
0: let you go. Hey, thanks, Mike.
4: All right, bye.
0: Hey, this is a good time to remind you about the Wellness Company. When you're looking for supplements, whether you're looking for a pharmacist or a doctor, and uh, you want somebody who's actually willing to stand up for your medical freedom and give you the treatment that you want, not shove the government recommended treatment down your throat that's the wellness company twc.health you can buy individual um, supplements you can pay for individual virtual care visits or you can become a member and get discounts on all that stuff and or the the one membership they have um, uh, one wellness is it's almost as good as you know full-blown insurance like it's unlimited visits with doctors and pharmacists and and a whole bunch of of Supplements that you get to pick included with it. It's it's a pretty awesome thing. That's TWC.health. Use code Lighthouse when you're there, and I'll save you a few dollars. Sarah in Oregon. Welcome to the show, Sarah.
1: Hi. Hi. As, yester- as yesterday, you probably know, they pulled Glenn Beck, who I'm... Who have, I haven't been a big fan of for years from Apple Podcasts, but
0: Still, this is get... the
1: time, this is the time that I have used the platform that I was given to tell you that the importance of independent media like Real Public Broadcasting, Mojo 5.0, and Freely, and Red Voice Media is crucial. Thank you. Have a good day.
0: Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. She's right. We independent broadcasters, we independent platforms, we need your help. We need you to share out our stuff. We don't get help from those little algorithms. We have to, you know, get around those algorithms and we need your help to do it. So share it out. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. I don't care. Tell everybody. Come listen. Come watch. Do what you got to do. And, um, Well, our guest has joined us a couple of minutes early, so without... Welcome back in studio, retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network. Welcome to the show, Colonel. How you doing
2: today? You sound like you're uh, on track and uh, putting fire on the target.
0: Well, I was talking about Bidenomics to start with and then uh mike called in from Kentucky and wanted to clear up some stuff from the previous show host here on republic broadcasting and give out some website addresses i was on uh, was talking about bidenomics and how you know okay yeah sure the employment rates down and wages are quote unquote up we'll get to that but what else is up you know the fda is pred- is predicting that groceries are going to be up 6.3% this year
2: well First of all, you can't use economics and Biden in the same county, much less the same sentence. But before <laughs> I get into any of that, I need to talk to your listeners about something real quick. There's a real sharp guy named Pete Seraphine, who not only, although he's not real pretty on the air, doesn't sound all that great, he is a great writer. And he has p- produced a couple of really outstanding articles for American Free News Network. And two of them I would, I would, I would definitely recommend to uh, the audience here. One is about jury nullification, which I think is an important power that American citizens have. They're not allowed to say those words when they're on a jury, and they're not allowed to admit that they believe in that. But when you get put on a jury and you know things are going down the wrong track and the government is doing the wrong thing, then it is your duty as an American to say not guilty. The other thing that our, our, our gracious host did was publish another article on uh, American Free News Network talking about compelling state interest. And you'll hear this in a lot of Supreme Court decisions that we can limit your rights because the state has a compelling interest. Now, I've done a Google search and I've read through the entire Constitution multiple times, and I discovered something that your host here tonight has discovered and was very good at articulating. Compelling state interest or compelling interest appears nowhere in our Constitution. Mm-hmm. So get on AFNN.us and then go to the author section and look up Pete Seraphine's uh, author cache there, and you'll see his articles there. And they are very well written. And like I said, what he really needs to be doing is running the AFN site because he's not really pretty enough
0: for video. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think it's time for a commercial break. We'll be back in three minutes so I can come back and be insulted by my guest again. <laughs> Attention freedom-loving patriots. These courses are for you gain a comprehensive understanding of our Constitution's principles the wisdom of our founding fathers and how to apply them in today's world as a special offer to our freedom loving listeners of Republic Broadcasting Network use coupon code RBN at checkout and get 20% discount on any course. Join the Liberty Lighthouse Classroom and be a part of the movement to uphold the values that have made our nation exceptional. Unleash the power of knowledge and protect what truly matters, our constitution. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash classroom today. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. Use code RBN for 20% off. Together, we'll be the beacon of freedom, our founding generation envisioned, Liberty Lighthouse Classroom, illuminating minds, empowering patriots. This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network, August 17th. There are no phone hey, calls being taken at this Peter time. Seraphine. I'm your host, and uh... The guy next to me on the screen, if you're watching on video, that's retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network. And the first thing we got to do before we move on is tell you to share out the show. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell your in-laws, tell everybody that uh, you know this is something they need to hear. Because... Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. All right, so Colonel, before we went to break and you started insulting me, um, you said uh, <coughs> you were talking about two articles that I had written recently. One of them was uh, was was the duty of a jury, the power of a jury, or so I forget what the title of it was. But that is a preview. That's a little snippet of of a bigger project I have going on, and that is the duty of a jury class course, online course in the Liberty Lighthouse classroom, where it's uh, it's six lessons long, taught by uh, oh, a Pastor David. I can't remember Whitney. That's Pastor David Whitney. He, he's the the lecturer, I kind of introduce each lesson and, and wrap up each lesson and give quizzes and stuff. And he's the lecturer. Uh, it's there are six lessons, about about an hour and a half a piece. And um, yeah, that goes into the history of where that power of the jury comes from, what a what a jury really can and can't do. Which you might be surprised if you've never looked into it. A jury is a pretty powerful thing, and Jefferson thought of the jury as the the like final last resort last stand against tyranny i agree with all that um
2: what's important about that concept of the jury it's the ultimate power of the people to decide if you look (laughs) at the constitution some people get confused about who is the highest law in the land and they say well it's the supreme court Mm-hmm. No it is no, it is not the highest law in the land is the people because be the, people the people through the Congress accepting specified functions in the Constitution can restrict what the Supreme Court gets to decide on mm-hmm. so it is actually the people that decide what the law needs to be, and then that's at the highest level at the lowest piece by piece or individual level it's jurors deciding that yeah the law might say this but the law is wrong this guy is not guilty right and right. that's very very important and and we need to understand that and we need to make use of that going forward you know there's a number of criminal cases going forward right now against a former president that have no. absolutely no basis in law and what it's going to take is some tough people to say not guilty, no matter what the law may say, not guilty because this right. is just not the right thing to do.
0: Well, and that ties into the other article that you mentioned. The other article was um, was a compelling state interest. Well, it's a flawed doctrine; it doesn't exist. the The U.S. Constitution, for example, we'll take gun laws just because you know, they're a hot topic. Everybody loves loves talking about them. Constitution says. Shall not be infringed. Your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, every law is an infringement. That's so, correct,
2: and, and and it's interesting. How, you how do we?
0: That. How do we, the people, stand up to that?
2: Well, first of all, there's a piece of education, and what you're doing with your uh, with your series there is important because we all know in our gut what is right, and so we're going to do what we need to do to. Because our gut tells us the things that are right and wrong. The problem is, is when we have to deal with our idiot sister-in-law over Thanksgiving dinner,
1: who says we have to do the take care of the poor children and
2: all all those things, right? What we need to do is have an intellectual basis to have that debate with your idiot sister-in-law. And we have to be able to, to to get her to understand that compelling interest does not appear in the Constitution and we have to we have to show her the difference between the first amendment and the second amendment and those are the two greatest pieces of writing i've ever seen because they they are written to, two totally different ways the first amendment says congress shall make no law mm-hmm. so who is that a prohibition on congress oh. it's not not a prohibition it's very restrictive Congress shall make no law, which by implication is the federal government. Okay, which means states may make such a law, no matter what they say with this devolvement or whatever they're calling it. This
0: right time. now, well, now they okay. go to the Fourteenth Amendment and the incorporation doctrine. And, and,
2: okay, know, but but doctrine is not is not constitutional law. Okay, the Fourteenth Amendment says everybody is protected by the Constitution. Well, the, you go back to the Constitution it says Congress shall make no law. Right. Now the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. Now you'll have all the idiots out there talk about well, what about nuclear weapons and tanks? Yep. Well, first of all, nukes are covered under a different different deal. So that that's that's just childish thinking. And yes, we're allowed to have tanks. You're allowed to have fully functional tanks with armor-piercing discarding sabo rounds in them. Mm-hmm. Point of fact, up till and after the Civil War in these United States. The War of Northern Aggression, actually. <laughs> the the most powerful weapon of mass destruction was held entirely in civilian hands. That's called the Armed Merchant Raider. Okay? The privateers. And it, okay, the privateers. And it could devastate a coastal town. So please don't tell me that the founders never intended for powerful weapons to be handed, held in the hands of civilians. I'm sorry, but that was exactly, exactly
0: their what they intended. Exactly. Well, what what I'm trying to point out in in that article is that the two clearest statements in the entire Constitution, the two most unambiguous, clearest things in there are Congress shall make no law and shall not be infringed. But because of court precedents and the Supreme Court and tyrants in black robes, they've come (laughs) up with this whole idea that, well, if there's a compelling state interest and you narrowly tailor the law to impact as little as possible, then okay, I guess we can let you infringe on the Second Amendment. Or-
2: yeah, I've seen that written in the Constitution, haven't you? Oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's right there. You know that we can narrowly interpret it. No, it's not. Well,
0: but the two articles that you bring up tie together. If exactly. you understand that the that that it the Constitution says shall not be infringed, and then somehow you end up on a jury where there's a gun charge involved because somebody illegally possessed a gun or something like that, and you know in your heart that that particular gun law is unconstitutional, don't convict them on that particular charge. It is your
2: duty to say not guilty. Right. It is your duty as an American. It's, right. it's, and nobody knows this.
0: Like, they don't teach you the power of a jury. Anyway, we got way off track of where we where we started this evening mind if we go back to where we were sure all right so we're going back to bidenomics however again you all know this if you if you are new to the show it is a live call in broadcast feel free to call in with your questions comments concerns accolades and insults 512-248-8252 so talking about bidenomics this guy in the white house wants to you know continue his run to the white house based on his economic record So, again, comparing 2020, the year before this guy became president, to today, the median home price in 2020 was $322,600. Wow. The median home price today is $416,000. So, in two years the median the, the median price of a home in our country has gone up 29%. Now and if that's not bad enough the 30-year fixed interest rate used for mortgages in 2020 was 3.1% and in 2023 is 7.65%. So in two years, the interest rate to buy a house has gone up 224%. So when you take up the house itself and you raise it by 29%, and then you raise the finance charges associated with buying that house by 224%, what do you think that does to your monthly payment there, Colonel? Well,
2: and then add some other stuff on there, because one of the things that I did, starting with the Obama administration, is monitor the price of gasoline. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is you monitor it at the same one, two, or three stations over time. And one of the things that I did was start monitoring when Obama says, well, you just can't, you can't drill your way to, you can't get below $2 a gallon. (laughs) Well. Guess what? Under Biden, it was above two dollars a gallon. Under Donald Trump, at the same two gas stations that I watched in this area of the great state of Alabama, roll tide, Ricky Bobby. um, It was a dollar eighty nine. That was the average. A dollar eighty nine. That was sub. In fact, I never heard, by the way, I never heard anyone volunteer to apologize to Sarah Palin or Michelle Bach- Bachman for saying that it was possible to uh, to get sub-$2 gas, and they all bad-mouthed them and said they were idiots and it would never happen. But it did, and it stayed that way throughout the duration of the Trump presidency.
0: And well, now- Obama also said that you'd have to have a magic wand to get a, uh, a gross domestic product above 4%.
2: Well, now he was right, but the magic wand is called. Hold on, this is a
0: big secret. Don't tell anybody.
2: The free market. <gasps>
0: How dare you say that on my show? Don't tell anybody. All right, so, so you, were talking, you were talking about gas prices. So again, I, you know, I'm I'm doing this stuff. I have the gas prices from inauguration day for Mr. Biden and today, the the, the national average from AAA for both those days i don't want to leave the housing thing yet
2: well no hold on because there's more Mm -hmm. so you're some guy who's working himself silly he's got a day job where he's getting whatever the average wage is for a semi-skilled profession but he decides to go out and do something else in order to bring in some money because he loves his wife he adores his kids And he wants to get him out of an apartment and into a house in a backyard with a swing set so he can play with his kids. So he decides to drive for Uber or commute to some other place or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what you have done by these gas prices okay, is double his commute cost. And? And that's on top of what it takes to get into the house anyway. So he's getting smacked twice just in that regard by what Joe Biden has personally done. Because let's not forget this. These gas prices are re- a result of Joe Biden's personal decisions on not drilling... Uh, closing pipelines. Closing pipelines and all these other things. So this, is not a result of, of this ain't a result of, of legislation. He can't blame the 535 idiots that, that live in that building down the street that he can't see because of the jog that Andy Jackson put in Pennsylvania. Well, you also...
0: You bring up, OK, the guy who's who's driving for Uber or Lyft or whatever for a second job to help his wife out, you know, to help out his family and, and make his life better. Joe Biden also now taxes that money a lot more than he than before. It of course be, he did, because he wants to make them be, get unionized,
2: which, yeah, which just, will take more of their money from them.
0: It, it used to be that you could make I, I don't remember the exact number, like seven thousand dollars or something like that before you had to start making um, uh, tax payments on it. They dropped that to 600.
2: I drove for Uber for a year just because, well, I think I say my claim is I want to get out of the house a little bit and do something different. Her Majesty says she wanted me out of the house. Okay, whatever. You pick your story. But I drove for Uber. I will tell you right now, for somebody that wants to pick up a decent amount of side money and has a decent work ethic, you can make some decent coins. Now, if you want to show up you know, wearing you know ugly shorts, flip-flops, and look ugly like me, yeah, you might not get so much money. But if you want to show up you know, professionally, your vehicle clean and all that, you can make some decent money unless you live in California where they want to unionize you and do all kinds of other things and actually destroy the individual business owner model. Mm-hmm. So once again, Democrats take something that's really good and, and hurt everybody involved the guy that's trying to deliver the service, and the customer that would like to receive it. Yep.
0: All right, going back to the home price. Home okay. prices are up 29%. Interest rates are up 224%. If you take that you know 2020 price house of $322,600 and you do a 3.1% mortgage and you do it on the whole thing, no down payment at all, 3.1% on $322,000, your monthly mortgage payment is... $1,377.55. That would be the finance cost of a medium median home in 2020. So now today, median price house is $416,000 at 7.65% interest. You do the same thing 30 years at 7.65%. Your mortgage payment is now $2,951.58 a month.
2: And so, and Joe Biden has made it harder for you to get that $2,000.
0: Yep. So he's killing so you, you
2: two ways.
0: Your mortgage payment went up 214% on the median house in this country.
2: And your ability to get the money went down what percent?
0: <laughs> Let's get there. Right? I haven't quite got there yet. That's on here, too. So you were, you were talking about gas just a second ago before we get to gas. You know, we're, we've been talking about houses here and everybody wants to own a house, and now is not the time to do that. But when you do get your house, you're going to want a firearm. And when you own a firearm, you need right-to-bear insurance. You need a concealed carry insurance if you're going to own a firearm. And right-to-bear is the most affordable insurance on the market. And if you use code Lighthouse when you visit protectwithbear.com, I'll get you 10% off. Plans start at $11 a month. You will get locked in at $11 a month. That will never increase. And yes, they are probably going to have to increase their rates here pretty soon because of the Biden, Biden economy. But you will be locked in at $11 a month. Save 10% off of that with code Lighthouse at protectwithbear.com. All right, gas. You mentioned gas. You know what gas price, the national average regular price per gallon, on January twentieth, twenty twenty one was. You don't know? Nope. $2. I know what it is.
2: I, I know what it is down at this local station I looked at today, three forty nine.
0: Two dollars and thirty-nine cents was the national average on inauguration day. Okay. And that was after already going up. It was a dollar eighty six on election day. And then as soon as Biden got elected, everybody started, you know, sphincters tightening. And, and prices started going up immediately. By inauguration day, it was up to two thirty-nine. Today, the national average price, according to AAA, for a gallon of gas is three dollars and eighty-seven cents. It's a dollar forty-eight higher. Now it is still down from the five-dollar high, and that's what Biden. Will we'll claim as his victory, but we're we're down almost almost two whole dollars from the high last year. Like, yeah, but you're still a dollar forty eight higher than when you became president.
2: There's a uh, saying that goes along with that: you don't get to claim credit for putting out a fire that you set.
0: You're right. I, 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 I was hoping that was where you were going with that. Never know with you. Great minds think like
2: mine, by the
0: way, just so you know. So, these were just some numbers I wanted to talk about in regards to Bidenomics. Natural gas is up 44%. FDA is pre- is predicting groceries to go up another 6.3%. Mortgage payments are up 214%. Mortgage interest is up 224%. Home, median home price is up 29%. And a gallon of gas is up a dollar forty-eight. Oh, and the American populace has a trillion dollars in credit card debt for the first time. Like but, but wages went up too, right? Well, technically, yes. The, the average wage did go up between 2020 and twenty and right now you, it went up four point five percent. Woohoo! My paycheck went up by four point five percent. Now I can maybe I can go buy that house that went up by twenty-nine percent. <laughs>
2: or pay for a tank of gas that went up by however much. Or, right. or,
0: or go buy that gallon of gas that went up a $1.48. <laughs> have,
2: have you noticed that the inflation rate doesn't, uh, doesn't consider
0: energy or food? Yep. They don't consider energy or food because they're both very volatile. Well, duh. That's exactly why they should be considered. Those are the things that eat away at our wallets more than anything else.
5: They're you know, athletes. if I
0: was a detective, I'd call that a clue. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm getting tired of, of uh, picking on Biden about Bidenomics. What do, what do you want to talk about here, Colonel? Well, a couple of things I'd like to
2: talk about is what's not being talked about. A week or so ago, we were talking about child trafficking And we were talking about the fact that, oh, my goodness, the nominees for certain general officer positions haven't been confirmed by the Senate. And we were talking about a bunch of other things. And all of a sudden, those have disappeared. Why aren't we talking about child trafficking? Could it be that it's a serious issue and it's an issue that's being enabled by Democrats? Why aren't we talking about Senator Tommy Tuberville of the great state of Alabama, Ricky Bobby, roll tide, when he is doing his constitutional duty to discipline the military? If you look in the Constitution, it says the Congress shall have the power to discipline the huh? Army and the Navy. Okay? And what he has done is he has withheld Senate confirmation of flag officers Can't and wait. what they call senior executive service, which are civilians, civilian equivalent of generals, now, because let's be, let's be the fair secretary to the secretary of the defense is has decided to disobey U.S. law.
0: Let's be fair to the senator; he is not outright denying doing it. He will only do it one at a time.
2: He is and he, and, and he's doing it correctly because. From my foxhole, all flag officer promotions should be handled individual. General officers are a cut above. you know. All right. All
0: right. And for through, those that are not military, the flag officer is the, was it 07 and above?
2: Yes, 07 and above, generals and admirals. For the Army, it's brigadier general, um, Major general, lieutenant general, which is kind of weird, those are that way, and then general. And for the Navy, it's rear admiral, lower half, rear admiral, upper half, um, vice admiral, and then admiral. But basically it's one, two, three, and four-star flag officers, okay? And he is withholding those promotions, and he's withholding those confirmation of those positions because the Secretary of Defense is violating the law. The law clearly says that the U.S. federal government will not fund abortions. Okay, It's in statute. Now, if you want to fight the statute, go fight it. Fight it in court. Fight it in the Congress. But the bottom line is military officers and everybody involved in the military must obey the law. If I, as a commander, when I was a brigade commander violated such a law, my sorry butt would be underneath Fort Leavenworth. It wouldn't be in Fort Leavenworth. It would be underneath Fort Leavenworth. And that okay. law has been around so,
0: for a very long time, which is why all start, of the money. I said that law has been around for a very long time. That's not a new thing. It has. It
2: that's has. why all it's of the not, money that went to Planned
0: Parenthood was supposed to be segregated that, off and used for other stuff and not for abortions, even though money is Correct. ridiculous. But that is whatever. correct.
2: And these people that are saying Tuberville is playing politics, wrong. The one that is playing politics is the secretary of defense and the bot. And he should know better because he is a retired flag officer. Okay. He, and I will tell you right now, I have about absolutely zero. I have less than zero respect for that man. You know, when I, when I was coming up general officers, I had Philly, almost filial respect for, you know, because there was something magic that happened between Colonel, which I topped out at as a flag officer. You had to be a whole lot. He had to be smarter for one thing, and then there was something magic that happened. I'll tell you right now, there is no magic in this guy. He is an evil man for promoting this stuff, and he needs to go.
0: So the law has been around for a long time that the federal government cannot fund abortions. That's correct. Not only is the Department of Defense funding abortions, but now if you happen to be in one of the states that's restricting abortions, the federal government is giving you time off of work, paid time off, and paying for your travel to go to a state. That's called
2: funding abortions, and it's illegal. And Mm -hmm. if I was a commander and did this type of thing, I would be put underneath Fort Leavenworth. He needs to be, I will tell you right now, the way the law reads and the way military regulations read, he needs to be charged, and any commander that signs a TDY order or travel order sending a female to get an abortion somewhere, he needs to be tried by UCMJ, okay? That's what the law reads. That's the way it works, and any commander that does this needs to be tried. And what we need to have happen is a few few honest Army officers, um, I'm sorry, military officers who are in command to start prosecuting commanders that send Send females off to get an abortion and use army military funds to do it. Okay, if they don't do it, they are culpable and they should be prosecuted under the UCMJ. And
0: so it's what, that simple. So, what Senator Toberville is that how you say? It? Yes, Senator Toberville is doing is he's refusing to allow the normal process, which is where where a a slate of you know, a list of hey, we want to promote all of these people is presented to the Senate and the Senate
2: or, or confirm. And in some cases it doesn't involve a promotion. Like one of the things, if you'll see on my personal website, every couple of days, I, I throw out a question. What major requirement was failed because the commandant of the Marine, the acting commandant was not confirmed in his position. Well, he's already a four star general anyway. So, there's absolutely nothing he can't do except a couple little minor things that don't involve read- readiness. So he's the acting commandant. He's already a four-star general. His pay will not go up when when he uh, when he becomes the confirmed commandant of the Marine Corps. So the bottom line is he can do pretty much anything he he needs to do as the acting. And the bottom and the other part of this is in the military, all the deputies, the guy, the number twos. Are supposed to be able to take over the boss's position if the bosses can't can't do it. Right. So if if you have a number two, you put him in there, and he does the boss's position, and sooner or later he'll get promoted. That's just the way it is. And 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 uh, the Secretary of Defense is lying through his teeth, saying that this is affecting readiness. The Secretary of the Army, who doesn't belong in that job anyway, because she is not able
0: to 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 be part of a bayonet fight. All right. through her teeth. So, Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of Army are both lying. Good to know. <laughs> hey, It's big time. Uh, we're sitting here with Colonel Ford from American Free News Network. We'll be back in three minutes. We need
3: leaders to lead us take all our money and send it across.
0: I'm Peter Seraphine, and so simple even a politician can understand is my latest book. It is a book of simple ideas that would go a long way towards fixing some pretty big problems in our government. It is an easy-to-read short book that uses common sense, something seriously lacking in our government. Order your copy for less than $10 wherever books are sold or at liberty-lighthouse.com slash books. This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network, August 17th. There are no phone calls being taken at this time.
1: It's become a nightmare.
2: Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading.
1: There's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down.
0: We must eat the We go back. Mario hey, uh, we do. Welcome back. It is the top of the second hour of National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and any place else you might be watching or listening to the show. I got a text message during the break that said uh, tell the listeners that they should put pressure on their representatives to address the child trafficking issue by calling. S-O-B-U-S-O-B, the capital switchboard. Um, and it says, yes, that number works, and it's super easy to remember. I I, I don't know that that number works. They, this person says it does. S-O-B-U-S-O-B. That's funny. However, I do know that the House of Representatives switchboard is 202-224-3121, and I think we should all call them a lot more frequently than we do now. We need to be more civically engaged. We need... We tell our representatives, you you can say they're not going to listen, but every call gets logged. And when we get enough people all calling with the same message, like stop child trafficking, or stop woke nonsense in the military, or whatever the case may be, then eventually they have to listen, right? Theoretically? Hopefully? I don't know. Call your representative. 202-224-3121 is the switchboard at the U.S. House of Representatives. Do that. We got uh, Colonel Mike Ford with us. Attend, welcome back in studio, retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network. (laughs) All right, Colonel. Before we went to break, you were talking about um, not having any respect for the uh, was it the Secretary of Defense or the Secretary of the Army, and my head went to the. Well, I don't have a whole lot of respect for any of the idiots in the DOJ that are coming up with all the woke nonsense that they're shoving down the military's throats. Now, I got in my first book, progress. Really, I, uh, I I said in here that I didn't care if the guy next to me in the Navy was a you know identified as a purple anteater, as long as he did his job, and, you know, had my back, and I think that holds true for just about anybody in the military be whatever you want to be i don't care do your job and have my back but you can't do your job when they're lowering standards because you know what was it what was it? GI Jane you remember the movie GI Jane right the you know Demi Moore wanted to be a seal and at first they were like well we're, you're good to pass you're good and she'd like refused and she had to meet all the men's She forced herself to meet the men's standards that's the way I feel it should be. The standard is the standard. You don't lower the standard because you want to let a woman do the job. If if the woman can meet the standard, then great. And if she can't, then sorry. We'll find something else for you to do. That's what the military is all about, finding. They've got a job for everybody. This nonsense about, pro, you know, what they, oh, the, the Navy put out a video about pronouns. Did you see that? I did not. I'm going to have to find that. So, in, a, in a, let you just talk for a minute while I look that up. But the Navy put out a, a video about pronouns. You know what the pronouns were when I was in the Navy? Sir. Sir, ma'am, petty officer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what, anyway, you talk. What do you think about all of that nonsense?
2: If you're talking about first responder type things in the U.S., anybody that can meet the standards should be able to play in that game. Now, the problem is with first responders in the U.S., what they have done is lowered the standards because of a thing they call disparate impact. And what that means is they lowered the physical standards so they had, scare quotes here, enough females. Well, what, Mm what happens is they have females, a bunch of them, Meet the meet the lowered standards. They come in at entry level. A bunch of them end up leaving, but a few of them survive by being by being carried by their male counterparts, so they can make sergeant and lieutenant. And then all of a sudden, all the physical requirements disappear, and then you see a disparate amount of of um, of females actually as police chiefs and sheriffs now. Okay. Although they had never been able to actually meet the standard, real standards in the military, it's we can survive with that stateside. In the military, there's another dynamic that takes place. Okay, if you ever watch or look at a locker room, okay, combat arms is like a a locker room. It's males on testosterone, and what what enables them. To survive and and deal with fear in combat is not wanting to let down their men, their male comrades. Okay, I will tell you right now, having had a, more than a few AK forty seven rounds go whipping by my head, the only thing that kept me from peeing my pants and cowering under the uh, un, under a Humvee when we got ambushed was that there were men out there that would think less of me if I did. So I stood out there and did what I had to do to get our convoy out of the ambush, stood out there directing traffic or whatever, although I wanted to pee my pants, okay? And, and there's, there's an old saying out there that says, you know, bravery is being the only one around you that knows your are is shitless, okay? Right. Okay, but that's a male thing, okay? Women deal with these things emotionally differently. Okay? and and the minute you put a woman a female into a traditionally male environment you totally change the dynamic and you degrade the performance of the men okay that's been proven time and time and again we can say oh well that's not fair and we can train the men or whatever but why are you gonna waste resources and time to train the men to act unnaturally a male's a male's Dynamic is to protect women and children and go off and fight wars. Women are there to take care of children while the men are off killing people that's the way it works and if you and, and you know if you don't want to buy that, well I'm sorry, but you're wrong
0: I was on one of the very first combat ready u.S naval vessels to have women on board we were well then
2: inherently there. it wasn't combat ready
0: <laughs> well let me get there it was a combat ready vessel. And we were chosen to, uh, to be one of the test sites to have women on board. And they brought on one female officer and I don't know three or four female enlisted. I, I don't remember exactly. But I do remember that over half of them were sent to the shore duty pregnant within the first year they were on the ship. They were no longer combat ready. Um, oh yeah. And, and it was painfully clear. That every man on the ship did everything they could to impress these four women because there were well, um, yes, four
2: that, women. That's natural. Yeah. Here, here's the other part of that. How many of, of those women? Okay. Now I'm not a navy guy. I'm I'm, I'm a grunt. You know, I walk to work. Um, how many of those women can can perform all the damage control functions? Which, from what I understand, involves picking up. Big old six by sixes or whatever, and shove them in there to keep, you know, the water from coming in. Whatever it is you navy guys do, I don't know, to keep the boat from
0: sinking. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of firefighting in the navy.
2: Believe it or not. Well, yeah, okay, which involves which involves hauling heavy hoses filled with water and you know all kinds of stuff, right? Yep.
0: Wearing OBA's and fire resistant. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I found that video. It's uh, it's processing and uploading, and we'll play it in right after this phone call. Uh, Reb in Colorado, line one. Welcome to the show. Reb in Colorado, going once. All right. I can't hear Reb. Um, the uh, the the person who texted me the number sob usob. It's it said they just called it. It's eight seven seven sob usob. To, to reach the capital switchboard. That's awesome. 877 sob <laughs> uh, Okay, I got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and here is the Navy's video about proper
3: pronoun usage. Hi, my name is Johnny and I use he, him pronouns.
6: Hi, and I'm Conchi and I use she, her pronouns.
3: And we're here to talk about pronouns.
6: What is a pronoun? A pronoun is how we identify ourselves apart from our name and it's also how people refer to us in conversations.
3: Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect.
6: If it's a signal of acceptance and respect, how do we go about creating a safe space for everybody?
3: That's a good question. A really good way to do that is to use inclusive language. Instead of saying something like, hey guys, you can say, hey everyone, or hey team.
6: Yeah, and now that you say that, another way that we could show that we're allies and that we accept everybody is to maybe include our pronouns in our emails or, like we just did, introduce ourselves using our pronouns.
3: But what would I do if I uh, misgender someone?
6: I think the first thing to recognize is that it's not the end of the world. You correct yourself and move on or you accept the correction and move on. The most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered.
3: Oh, thank you for telling me that.
6: Yeah, and another tip uh, for you to remember their uh, pronoun next time, it's in your mind, kind of go through a progression of three good things about the person using their pronoun. So let's say the person chooses to use they, Mm -hmm. then you will in your mind go, they have a nice shirt, they have a nice smile. They are really smart, so that kind of sticks in your brain.
3: That is so helpful. Um, I want to know, what would I do if I want to know someone's gender identity or pronouns?
6: The most important thing is do not pressure anybody into giving you their pronouns. Some people may be going through the process of discovery and they are not ready yet to tell you what their pronouns are, and that's okay.
3: So I should just lead with my pronouns, and they may follow, or not, and if they don't, then I can just continue to use gender-neutral language.
6: Yes, exactly. Just to share something with you that happened uh, the other day at a CUCAT I was at, we were uh, talking about pronouns, and somebody was disagreeing with how different people um, see themselves as different pronouns, and The argument was, if you look like a female, then it's she, her, because that's what's normal. And if you make me call you something else, then you're infringing on my rights. And I I was really taken aback by the comment, and I really wasn't sure how to respond. And the only thing I could really think quickly to say was, it's not about you at all. And it's mostly and ultimately about respect.
3: It is about respect, that's an important point to make, and I think you did the right thing. I think it's important to keep it short and simple. What I would have said to help them understand better is to talk about mispronouncing names. For example, my name is Johnny, spelled J-O-N-Y, and it's normal for someone to pronounce my name like Joni. but if I were to tell you over and over again, my name is Johnny, and you insist on mispronouncing my name, I would feel disrespected by you. Some names are very difficult to pronounce, but do you know what is very easy to pronounce? She, he, they.
0: Okay, so that A was the most ghetto version I've ever seen of a Navy training video and my God, the Navy training videos were bad to begin with, but that was so dated and everything. Um, You said this is not about respect and it, it respect doesn't involve affirming a a, a mental disorder. And I agree with that, but my thing about it was the military is nobody knew my first name when I was, when I was on a ship, you know, it was, it was Betty Officer. Sarah. It was Riggle back then. I changed my name. Long story, anyway, but my, it was Betty Officer Riggle or MS3 Riggle or just MS3. There, there was, there, there was no he, him, her. It's just not used. It's it's rank, rank, last name. It's first of all, do
2: me a favor. Have uh, have one of your smart guys uh, email me that video. I'm I'm gonna have some. Uh, well thought-out verbiage to deal with that. You'll see it. Um, here's a question that I've asked a number of flag officers and SESs, and for those of you already don't know what that is. SESs are the civilian equivalent of general officers, um, um, one star, two star, or whatever. Um, I've asked them multiple times, and not one. Not one has been able to tell me how any of this increases our ability, military ability to what's the word? So cost countries. effectiveness. You no, know, cost effectiveness, combat effectiveness, lethality, deterrence, recruiting, or any other metric by which we assess our ability to kill people and break things or credibly threaten to do so at the behest of our national command authority. Let's look at whoever is uh, China's military guru over there who is looking at the United States and going, hmm, what can they do? Or that Wiener Putin looking at us and saying, what can they do? Or... Uh, the um, current dictator over in Korea saying, What can they possibly do and what are they willing to do? So they look at us and they see a Secretary of Defense that says, My most important priority is to get into a food fight with a man who can confirm my choices as flag officers. Because he disagrees with me about female plumbing. (laughs) Think about that. Uh Because that's what's going on here. We have a bunch of people that are deciding to side with people who had disordered. If you wake up in the morning and you believe that your sex, and it's sex, it's not gender, gender is social studies. And it's language studies, but it's not biological. The Mm -hmm. biological term is sex. And in the human species, sex is one of two things, male, female. If there's other stuff going on there, that means you have a disorder. There's something wrong with you. Okay? So if our Secretary of Defense is involved in deciding female plumbing, then you know what? I think my chances are pretty good to invade Taiwan. I think my chances are pretty good to come across the border and invade South Korea.
0: Yeah. It's showing weakness. It's showing the priorities are messed up. It's not just the military. The national priorities of everything and everyone are messed up. It's—I said a long time ago—that um, you know we we uh, we've had it too good for too long in this country. We've, <laughs> we've been too affluent and too comfortable, and well, now we're complaining about made-up problems. We're creating problems just to have something to complain about. And that doesn't happen in third-world nations. That doesn't happen when people are hungry or when there's a war going on. It doesn't happen when there's something significant of of profound importance in our lives. This gender-affirming pronoun nonsense only exists because we have been so comfortable for so long.
2: Well, yeah, it's called what they call a first world problem. Right. You know, oh, they're not, not talking to me like I want to be talked to. Well, you know what? Go over to some places like Africa, which is a failed continent, and have to work on feeding yourself and your progeny. Now you have a problem.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. I just I, I don't understand how any of this ever got into the military. Uh, clearly, it has, um, and then I don't understand why it's been allowed to stay. Like,
2: well, I understand that. What you have to look at is what they call the long march for the institute through the institutions. The left, for the longest time, has wanted to destroy the pillars that hold up American society. Those pillars are things like the church, the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, the military, all these things that people go to to get morally centered. And when they can get underneath those and destroy them, then that's what happens. I'm watching it happen in the church that I used to attend. The United Methodist Church has been destroyed by people that believe that it's absolutely normal to copulate with the same sex. Well, I'm sorry. The Bible says no. So, you know, we've had to leave that church and form our own. Same with the Boy Scouts. You know, it's okay for, you know, Scoutmasters to...
0: uh Oh. I don't know. Colonel just went to a blank screen. I don't know what happened. So we'll go to a phone call. Don't forget, this is a live call. One two five one two two four eight eight two five two. Laura in Michigan on line one. Welcome to the show, Laura.
1: Well, I really wanted to talk to the general.
0: Oh, he's back, Colonel.
1: Is he back? Yep, he's I'm back. Here. Okay. When you referred to Putin, what did you say? What did you say about him? You referred you, to Putin. You, you said something. You,
0: you were going through the dictator in Korea and, and you know, whatever, and you said something about Putin. I don't remember, what, but you used some derogatory term for him.
2: <coughs> I don't That's remember I talking at. about Putin. I remember talking about Kim.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Putin, and you used a derogatory term, but I don't remember what it was. Now, here's
2: okay.
0: my
1: point. Why did you use the derogatory term against Putin?
2: Well, if I did, because Putin is a uh harsh dictator and he's uh he's doing some pretty ugly stuff. In fact, um I had an article about out about what he's doing and how it's uh pretty close to what was going on in nineteen seventeen when uh Tsar Nicholas got deposed. Uh you can see that on uh AFN.
1: Do you know that Putin has rebuilt thousands of churches. He's Russian Orthodox. The he people love him. I think it. you got you got. You're listening to CNN.
2: No, ma'am, I don't listen to CNN because I think they're evil. Um, I'm just looking at what is going on right now with the war in Ukraine. Okay. Well, it shouldn't
1: have, we shouldn't have had a war? It was 2014 when Victoria Newland. Took five billion of our dollars and overthrew the duly elected Russian president of the Ukraine, and left it, and opened it up for all the cabals to go in there and steal all the real resources and the banks and everything else out of the Ukraine.
0: I ma'am, understand you were there at all, but ma'am,
2: that's me. Ma'am, I I respect what you're saying. What I would ask you to do, if you have the time, is to go to AFNn. Look at my article cache, Mike Ford, F O R D like the Truck, and look at the article that I, I labeled it's looking like nineteen seventeen in Russia. Go ahead and have a look at that and then come back the next time and let's have a chat. Okay. I'm I'm being very respectful with you, ma'am. But Nineteen seventeen is when the Bolsheviks took over and they killed yes, the Tsar and his family. Right. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. I, I would ask you to go ahead and read my, read my article about that, and then let's come back and have a talk. I'm respect I'm respectfully asking this.
0: And the colonel is back the uh, what is this the third Thursday of every month, so he'll be back again uh, on uh, September twenty first.
1: I say he needs to look into Putin a little bit more and the but, people.
0: He didn't start you know, this
1: one t- to liberate the Ukrainian people.
0: He might want to liberate the Ukrainian people, but he's still a commie bastard. Anyway, thanks for the call, Laura. It is break time. We'll be back in three minutes. Reb, hold on. If you're still there, I'll get to you on the other side of the break.
7: At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and we're honored to work with our affiliates like Liberty Lighthouse to bring you professional laser engraving and customization. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business, and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow Romica Designs and Liberty Lighthouse to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. All you have to do is simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Visit us on the web at romicadesigns.com and use promo code LIGHTHOUSE during checkout to support Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Serafine.
0: This hey, episode of Liberty Lighthouse Final originally aired as show. National Intel and, uh, Report on Republic Broadcasting on the to Network, rev, August 17th. On to the show, there rev. are no phone calls being taken Those at this US time.
5: Pentagon first team, other scout, rev, rev reporting for the rest of the team. And I was wondering if this colonel heard about Michael Yan, United States Army Special Operations Command, in Green Beret 25 years, he contacts us. Along with Secretary of the Army's office, they're running us over with the United Nations right now. He was just in McAllen, heads back to El Paso, and he goes up and back around the world to of the Darien Gap and the UN just overrun this. One of the I, it was I couldn't get on the radio because we don't want to hear the facts. They're interested in the truth, not the facts. They're going to build. 30 square miles in Liberty, Texas, a training area for Haitians, quarter million of them. They're, they're going to dump them here. They're going to give them guns and badges. They're, he was freaking out, It's Michael Yan. Him and this other one, um, I, I forgot his name, he's Navy Steel, but they report on this, and we got direct. It's like directly from them, they told us this coming to Liberty, Texas, People in Texas deserve it. They can go to hell for all I care. But we don't want this in America. I mean, I'm from one part of Texas. probably from another. We're refugees in our own country, stuck here in Soviet Colorado. We're not going to take this crap. We're at top of the government. JAG complaint. Joint Chiefs, U.S. Public Law 109-3646-1076. United States Army War College War Plan for the use of force on the North American continent. We start here. We're going to punch a hole into the region, eight headquarters Lakewood, Colorado. And we're bringing the IRS to take all their dope money. And we're not going to stop here. That's our plan. It's all approved. I've got outstanding from the command staff, Pearl Alvaro, Pennsylvania. I guess this Colonel General, he's heard of this before. And there's 717 That's the command. And my talk to the National Command Center, they're calling it chop. When they answer the phone, General Milley's got our statement. He's got it. He sent his CID command here to Lakewood, Colorado, both residences. There's three And this all official. I don't know if he's heard anything, but the whole Pentagon knows about Bubba, Scout, Rev. They put their three names into call sign. So why aren't we getting attention and doing our job that we signed for? It's a jag in the Jag and the Joint chief and the federal agent in charge to tell 911 lives stay the hell away from us. Andy Kerak at OSI Counterintelligence, NORTHCOM. Got bad and everything. The federal agent in charge. This is a national emergency. So everybody who's oh, the white boy's no good, you can't use the law, white boy. That's what you're telling me. It's real law. And we want to punch you all. No, they're not going to set up in Liberty, Texas, and then fan them out around America, because they're crazy. And he explained <laughs> they were deporting these Haitians. You know how they bring Haitians in here. They bring everybody, and they're crazy. So some pilots said they flew them back on a charter airline. On an airline, They ripped the seats off the floor and broke the little interior plastic windows they are having a riot, because they were being deported. So the UN rounds them up again. They're going to stick them on 30 square miles. We know that part of Texas, the Crockett National Park, up there, Liberty. See, I talked to the Secretary of the Army to get a hold of these people and send us Delta Force. We'll start here. They wish, they wish they were dead. No, we're not going to take this. No, 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 no. And we're at the top of the chain of command now. And we're civilians. So we got around the Justice Department and everybody listening in. You call that National Command Center, and you don't ask. You say, hey, those deadbeat, bug a scout rib, ain't doing nothing. They're signed up. It's all covered. You're paid for it. And you tell it's 703-697-9121. Don't take no for an answer. If you're a, what do they call you? A ten hut. Sorry about that. Well... That's good that you're playing the bugle because we need somebody to round up troops and get this done. Because hey, well, another
0: way you can do that, huh? Another way you can do that, another way to round up troops and get things done is is behind That's the county sheriff. That's what the sheriff. law says. That's what the law says. Another way is to is to uh, line up behind your county sheriff. Your county sheriff is the, the chief law enforcement officer of his county. He has the power of posse comitatus, which means that he can call a posse of every able-bodied man in his county. So, if your county sheriff is a constitutionalist and believes in liberty and justice, he might be able to, might have to do that someday. So, make sure that your sheriff has your number. We're witnesses against
5: those bastards. I don't care what costume they're wearing. They're covering up for these murderers. You're in a fog if you think that the UN ain't running your local Sharia, or we call them the Guinea government, true or no intelligence, or the, the whole nine one one system. You oh, like uh, it?
0: Listen, you know, listen, Reb. Listen, you like Reb. Do you you're not going to come on here and make a comment saying that 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 the UN is running every county sheriff and every elected office and every place everywhere because you know what? I carry a badge. I am an elected constable, and I do this show to wake people up. I carry my badge everywhere I go, and I'm I'm not going to enforce some BS law that I don't think is constitutional. So don't make broad statements like that unless you're willing to come to my face and make them to me.
5: I can't. We're in Colorado. You're in Texas. We're not knocking people who want the law. Where's the law? It's a JAG complaint at the Joint Chiefs. Why is this so hard to understand? No, Every member of the Pentagon understands. They don't play games. We were a monster created by the United States Defense Intelligence Agency.
0: But you're and missing you my know. point. You're missing my point that your county sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer of your county and therefore has the power and the authority to kick out the FBI or the IRS or the ATF or whoever else comes into their county. And they also have the power to to bring every able-bodied man in that county to arms. So if there's anybody in this country that can stand up against the federal government or the UN or whoever, it's a coalition of like-minded sheriffs.
5: Okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. Let them get in the way. We're okay with that. Tell the military when we roll in here, you're not supposed to show up. Go for it. We like that idea because we're not going to take crap from punks who tried to murder us under their guise of law. When you use All right, badge, Rep.
0: that, that's enough. I, I don't even know where you're going anymore. Have a great night. Thanks for calling. And uh, if you're ever willing to actually have a conversation back and forth, you know, two ways, listen to each other then feel free to call back again. But let's talk about uh, my own website, liberty-lighthouse.com. I started out the show telling you I'm doing a lot lot more work lately, so uh, help me out. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com. You can go to the shop, and in the shop you can buy some cool merchandise, like my favorite new T-shirt that says, Make the Constitution Matter Again. Or uh, go to the classroom and enroll in a course and learn about that power of posse comitatus than your local sheriff that I just mentioned. Or learn about the biblical foundations of our government. That's liberty-lighthouse.com. And uh, Classroom is my newest project. Or go to the blog and read some of those new articles. And Colonel Ford, you want to talk about one of those articles?
2: Yeah, I just want to uh, let your viewership know they need to come on AFNN.us and look at your article cache because you've got some really good stuff there. And despite how not very pretty you look on this platform, you actually do write very well. So thanks for having me on. You're a good man.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Colonel. Visit the Colonel, support his works at AFN.us. That's American Free News Network. Dot us and we got a, a somebody over here in the video room in twitch says uh you guys should stop giving these lunatics airtime um and i lost it where to go stop giving these lunatics airtime it's why we have trumpers trying to kill judges and making death threats to the president um okay well i probably did let that go on a little longer than i should but I was waiting for the point. I was, I was waiting for the, where is it going to get wrapped up at the end? And that just never seemed to come. Anyway. Uh, let's see here. Uh, well, I lost my train of thought where I was going. The colonel left me and I'm all by myself. And I'm out of notes. I was talking about Bidenomics and all the debt and all that other kind of stuff. Where's the curiosity of our of our press? Talked about that last year last year last week and how the press doesn't want to doesn't want to investigate things that might look suspicious anymore. and I think it's more telling the things that the stories that the press doesn't cover says more about a network than how much coverage they give the stories that they do cover if that makes any sense you know we've got The Biden laptop thing is is the most obvious example where they were like, oh, no, it's Russian information, just disinformation or whatever. It had already been verified by the time the New York Post put it out. And I'm pretty sure at least one or two other networks probably knew that, but they chose not to talk about it. And it happens all the time. We have... Stories that come out, and one place will talk about it when nobody else will. Kind of like the Bidenomics that I'm just talking you know, the, the president's going around telling about all these things. and He just outright said that he cut $1.7 trillion out of the debt, which is a lie. The national debt has gone up $4 trillion since President Biden's been president. So he lied. But nobody's going to call him on it. Nobody dares speak out and say that right in front of them why is that If you've got an idea that I don't have phone line is open five one two two four eight eight two five two we've got uh, wow got 15 20 minutes left and I don't have any talk about. <laughs> I didn't prepare well enough I didn't bring in, I didn't bring enough notes and enough study and and things to to do a whole show tonight, apparently. Um, one of the things I did want to talk about here soon was the definition of the word misdemeanors. I'm, I'm starting to think that impeachment is something that should happen a far more often than it does today. And well, you know, impeachment in the, for the president says, you know, for high crimes and misdemeanors and, and I think it's important to know what you know, definitions of words. So if you open up Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which I highly recommend everybody who has any intention of ever studying the Constitution, uh, get a copy of Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. There's a free app for your phone or tablet that is an electronic version. That's free because the, the printed version is actually pretty pricey. So a misdemeanor in, in Noah's 1828 dictionary is, in law, an offense of a less atrocious nature than a crime. Crimes and misdemeanors are mere synonyms in terms, but in common usage, the word crime is made to denote offenses of a deeper and more atrocious die, while small faults and omissions of less consequence are compromised under the gender- gentler name of misdemeanor. So in the Constitution, where it says that the president can only be tried for high crimes and misdemeanors, you know, treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Hmm. So that's a pretty broad umbrella, actually. Up until recently, we've we've all been made to believe that you can only impeach a president for like big huge felony type offenses but that's not what the constitution says it's other high crimes or misdemeanors now I'm not saying that you impeach president for walking across the street you know jaywalking or anything like that but when the pile of misdemeanors starts to pile up I don't know maybe we should other things to look at, definitions in studying the Bible, or the, the, the Constitution and Noah's Dictionary, Noah Webster's Dictionary. Things that, I, that just really stuck in my head lately. That was one of them. Another one is the fact that we all know that it doesn't say life tenure in the Constitution for judges, right? It says judges shall hold their office for good behavior, so they can, be, they can be impeached too. So where's the good behavior come in? Well, in my opinion, that's when they stop applying the Constitution as a judge. When they start legislating from the bench. When they start using their own feelings and emotions rather than the Constitution. We can impeach them. And we should. And not just Supreme Court justices. All federal judges, all judges anywhere, all offices anywhere. We need to impeach people more often. We all know, you know, there's, there's the old joke, how do you tell a politician's lying? Well, their lips are moving. Well, then, why do we keep electing politicians? That's on us. But we can fix it. We can fix it. By having them impeached when they're caught in their lies, or when they stop doing the job that they promised that they would do. Or when they're clearly and obviously corrupt. That's a process. It's there. Any elected person can be impeached. I think we need to start doing that more. That's me. That's my opinion. The other thing, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18, all right, so I don't understand how this has gotten completely out of whack, but it's the, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18 is the one that's often called the Elastic Clause. So, Article 1, Section 8 spells out the 17 things that Congress was given the power to do. But then, number 18 is the Necessary and Proper Clause. But the part that everybody forgets, and for some reason the Supreme Court hasn't even brought this back up lately. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18. To make all laws which are necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers... okay so they have the power to make all the laws necessary to carry out the 17 things listed beforehand necessary and proper for carrying out the foregoing powers and all other powers best vested by this constitution in the government of the united states or any department thereof so the necessary and proper clause often called the elastic clause Everybody forgets the foregoing powers portion of that, which completely changes the definition of it. It, it, it goes back to Federalist 45 and the Tenth Amendment, which go hand in hand. Federalist 45, Madison says that the, the government powers, the federal government, the general government powers are few and defined, where the state powers are vast and infinite. And then, of course, the Tenth Amendment says that any power not in the Constitution goes to the states. Those two things go hand-to-hand. Why, are, why have we allowed our government to do what it's done? And yet to find the answer to that. It's been 100 and, what, 120 years, 140 years that our government's just blatantly ignoring the Constitution doing whatever they want without constitutional justification or authorization. You don't have to be a genius to read it and see that. Well, Peter, you're not a constitutional lawyer. You're, you're just a guy. You you can't interpret the Constitution like that. Um, yes, I can. Because the Constitution was made... For we the people. It was made to be simple enough for us to read and understand ourselves. We don't need constitutional lawyers and judges to interpret the necessary and proper clause. It doesn't need to be interpreted. It's right there. It's plain English. Tell me where I'm wrong. Ten minutes left in the show. I'd love to give it to one of you out there who's smarter than me. 512 Tell me where I'm wrong. We don't need lawyers. We don't need legal, constitutional legal experts to interpret the Constitution for us. We just need to stand up for what it says again. 330 million citizens in this country. 330 million citizens, how many of them do you think have actually read the U.S. Constitution? You know, it's it's funny to me how the legal immigrants to this country are some of the most patriotic people in, in our country at all. Like, really, really patriotic people. And people that born here hate the place. That's a funny paradigm. Partly because the people that immigrate here legally, well, they have to read the Constitution. They have to learn it. They have to pass that test. People born here don't. It's like Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, the escaped slave, who who gave the speech, the the Independence Day speech, where he was like, this isn't a black person holiday. We're not free. Frederick Douglass, who started his career with the belief that the U.S. Constitution was a slaveholder's document, written by slaveholders, a pro-slavery, keep-slavery document. That's what he thought until he read it. Once he sat down and read the Constitution himself, once he studied its meaning, he completely turned around. Frederick Douglass, a man who was a slave, was able to see that the Constitution was his best hope for freedom. And the the best anti-slavery document that the Founding Fathers could come up with at the time and still come out the other side with a nation. So why is it a man who actually was a slave can come to that conclusion? But people today can't. 200 years later, Because they stopped reading it. They stopped studying it for themselves. That's what we got to get back to. There's only a handful of things that we can do to bring our country back. If we want to keep it as the constitutional republic it was supposed to be. There's only a handful of things that we can do. To bring it back to that without violence. Got to find people to elect that understand that the purpose of government is to protect my rights not to give me stuff or make me feel good to protect my rights. We need to educate the populace so that they understand their power in this role in their role in this. Understand their power when they get called to a jury duty. We need to Elect sheriffs that know the Constitution inside and out, frontwards and backwards. We need sheriffs when they put their hand on that on the on the Bible and raise the other hand and swear the oath to uphold and defend the Constitution. They mean it. Education's number one. We got to educate the sheriffs that are out there. We got to educate the John Cubes public that's out there. We got to start a lot earlier educating the kids. Because by the time they get to teenage years, it's too late to start over. Oh, it's not too late. But it's a lot harder to start over then. What else? What else can we do? Yeah, we can call our representatives and protest and. All of those things, but how much how far have those things gotten us so far? All politics is local. Everything comes down to local. The federal government really doesn't have a whole lot of power when your local government is solid, when your sheriff is solid. You get the people in your local government to be good, strong supporters of the Constitutional and the Constitutional principles, then maybe you can go from your town to get your county full of those kinds of people.
5: This is Matt Brainerd. executive.
0: doesn't have to take the catastrophe like the pandemic. I mean, it was kind of nice to have all the sheriffs standing up during the, the COVID-19 pandemic, there's quite a few sheriffs that stood up and said, I'm not going to enforce this silly rule. I'm not going to do that. Sheriffs that stood up and said, there are going to be First Amendment sanctuaries or Second Amendment sanctuaries. I'm not going to stop protesting because of a mask mandate. That's a start. A lot of sheriffs started to realize that their oath is to the Constitution first. There are 3,085 sheriffs in this country. How many of them are willing to do that? Well, in 1994, when Congress tried to amend the Brady, or when Congress did amend the Brady Bill, and wanted sheriffs to get commandeered to for background check stuff with the Beatty, Brady Bill. Brady Bill. And they threatened sheriffs with jail time and fines if they didn't comply with the ATF. How many of those sheriffs stood up? Out of 3,085, how many of them realized that that was a violation of the Constitution? And stood up against our federal government. I wanna say five. Not I'm nearly. Back. Ends, hmm. Well, sounds like it's the end. Thank you very much, Colonel Ford, for joining me as my guest this evening. Thank you, Mike, my producer. I can't do this show without you. Thank you, listeners and callers. You're why we do this show. Until next week. Protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. And if you're listening live on RBN, stay tuned for Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett. God bless America. It's
5: the least we can do for the red, white, and blue. We must take America back.
3: We must take America.